Welcome to Search Forward, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to grow their careers, reignite their passions for marketing, and create less stress in their day-to-day avalanche of tasks and unrealistic deadlines. Hi, I'm Alicia Miller, and I invite you to go on a journey of growth with me. I've spent more than 20 years chasing deadlines, fighting that cast of characters we serve as marketers, and was left feeling depleted and desperately seeking a solution that would give me the peace I so craved. Call me crazy, tell me it'll never work, but I found the relief I was so desperately seeking by shifting my mindset and using my marketing skills in clever ways to find the peace I was seeking and still getting to enjoy what I love, marketing. And I cannot not share this with you. Stop chasing new pastures, the grass is never greener. It just presents the same problems in different ways with different faces. In this podcast, we will have deep conversations with all levels of marketing professionals, internal clients, including the difficult ones, and leaders that will shake up how you think about your career in marketing, uncover new ways to tame the crazy, and give you strategies that will light up that passion for marketing you once had, all while aligning yourself to your organizational's growth goals that will make your career soar. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to dive in and surge forward. everyone, it's Alicia Miller and welcome to this week's episode of Thriving Together, the key to career longevity on Search Forward. Um, we are right on with episode nine here and I'm so excited to be continuously building an audience here. I encourage you guys to you know, continue to listen. Let me know what you think. If there's other topics that you want to listen to and share it with your network, because I really want to get feedback from all of the marketing professionals across the different service lines and specialties and products out there to make sure that I'm hitting the mark with my content. Today's episode really digs into that feeling of being tired of never finding a company that you can just settle into or just simply feeling stuck at a place where you don't want to go through the change of switching jobs. You know, maybe it's not the greatest environment um, and you're frustrated and you want more, but you really just hate having to start from scratch again and all of the effort that goes in and ramping yourself up at another organization. And really looking to find ways that you can start thriving together with all of your colleagues and internal partners, even the difficult ones. And you don't have to continue to go through those cycles of frustration and then the reaction of, you know, fight or flight um, and ultimately starting over and the stresses that come along with that. Through this episode, we're really going to dig in on the importance of building partnerships with your internal clients and colleagues. 
which everyone knows I talk a lot about if you are tuning into my uh, different platforms across LinkedIn and this podcast and social media, you know, partnerships are not just a way to create impact at your company, which is huge for career growth, but they're also a way to create a working environment that's going to provide you the support and foundation that you need in order to thrive and create impact and just simply be happy with your career. Um, And that mindset and feeding that mindset of happiness and satisfaction in your career really is the key to unlocking greatness and realizing your full potential so that you can soar as a professional. One of the things that I came across recently when I was diving into the subject and doing the research was a really cool article on Harvard Business Review. They had some really cool stats in here and noted like the key um, correlation between a positive work environment, career longevity and personal growth. Um, And by not having an environment that promotes all of these things, really costs the company, but also has a huge impact on you personally. So, you know, if you're thinking about overall, this article is, you know, highlights the fact that just the healthcare expenditures experienced at companies with these more toxic cultures, they're realizing greater than 50% higher healthcare expenditures in those high pressure environments, not only obviously is that not good for the company's bottom line, but you can imagine it's not good for those people either to experience such health crises related to stressful environments that it is causing that high of an uptick in overall healthcare costs. And further, like they did this large scale study It was conducted by Anna Newbridge at Karolinska Institute, and they looked at over 3,000 employees, and it showed a strong, strong link between how your leaders behave and heart disease and their employees. And the stress-producing bosses, the bosses out there who really create turnover in staff and toxic environments and tense environments, were literally producing employees that had heart conditions. So think about that, you know, and next time you're thinking, you know, should I be doing something about this, whether it's seeking out another job or whether it's addressing how you interact with people in your organization, it's literally bad for your health to not do that. So I encourage you to like figure out a way to like dig in and correct the situation in a way that makes sense for you. And hopefully some of the content in this podcast will help you start to think about this a little bit differently and have some strategies to come to the table with. The second thing highlighted in this uh, Harvard Business Review article was that there was a cost associated with disengagement. Engagement in work, which, you know, is highly connected to you feeling valued, feeling secure, feeling supported by your leaders and colleagues. And just generally respected, 
for what you bring to the table and how you are a part of the link and the whole uh, process of building the company is generally associated with stress, right? When you don't have those things and you're in a high stress culture and environment, that disengagement of workers had an increase of 37% of absenteeism, 49% more accidents and 60% more errors and defects in the work that was being produced. In organizations that were showing low employee engagement scores, they had 18% lower productivity, 16% lower profitability, 37% lower job growth, and 65% lower share price over time. So you can see how big of an impact all of this has on a company's bottom line and that leaders should be listening to this and figuring out if they have these problems and resolving them for the company's growth. But from an employee's perspective, this ties right into your ability to have a growth mindset, to be excited, to come to work and to grow as a professional and climb that ladder. There are so many of us that either want to move forward in our career, whether it's climbing the ladder or just becoming a specialist in our own space um, and a trusted subject matter expert. But when you don't have the feeling of being valued and feeling secure and supported and being respected, you become disengaged. And when you're disengaged, you're no longer excited or passionate about your work. You're no longer putting in um, the extra mile. You're no longer engaging in educational and knowledge-based activities. So you're really not growing and you're becoming stagnant and you're becoming less productive, which has the exact opposite impact of creating career growth, much less wanting to stay in a career for the long term. And you're going to be more likely to get frustrated and feeling stuck and end up in that cycle of where you're, you know, essentially fight or flight reaction and then having to start all over, which, you know, quite honestly, is a frustration of mine by itself is like, you know, having to cycle through jobs because you're not finding um, the support that you need to be all that you can be is rough because that that ramp up time and the emotional roller coaster that you go through when you're leaving a job and going to a new job and all of the the feelings that you feel along the way is is exhausting. And it would be nice to be in a position for long enough to not only create impact, but see the results of that impact and then ride on that momentum, right? The the other thing that Harvard Business Review's article pointed out is just that, the lack of loyalty. You know, what employee is going to be loyal to their company if they're not providing an environment that you know, feeds their growth and feeds their creativity and their ability to show up every day. The research they did showed that the workplace stress leads to increase of almost 50% and voluntary turnover. People get frustrated and they go on the job market. They don't, you know, accept promotions because they don't want to be involved in the political drama. 
they decide to resign and just takes the time to find something that's right. And they focus on culture. All of these things were associated with recruiting, training, lowered productivity, lost in expertise and so forth. So the, the cost just on a business side of replacing a single employee is approximately 20% of that employee's salary. So think about that on your company's bottom line is every time you have an employee frustrated and unengaged and ready to walk out the door and leaving, they are having to put out at least 20% of that employee's salary to go through the recruiting efforts and the ramp up time to bring on a new employee. So not only is it, you know, a negative impact for companies, but it's a negative impact for you and your career growth trajectory. So let's talk about like, how do we change this? How do we look at our work environments and relation to career longevity and empower partnerships and collaboration and all the things so that we can have a place where we can grow and we can really not only grow in our professional ability, but also create an impact that's going to serve us throughout our careers. Now, I always start with the power of partnerships, the significance of strong relationships with your internal clients and colleagues leads to your happiness and day to day, right? And we all know Nobody's happy and ha- with that Monday morning feeling of going into the workplace with people that you just don't want to work with and that you uh, experience friction and uh, frustration with. It, the significance of these relationships have a direct impact on your ability to grow professionally not just in the fact that they're affecting your mindset, but they're also creating a block to, for you to get to the information and the intel that you need in order to be successful, especially as a marketer. You know, whether you are on the marketing strategy side, if you're a creative, if you're on the comm side, information is king, right? Knowledge is what you need in order to turn those things into compelling stories and to create, you know, draw into the company um, and make the, that data soar, right? Even on the data side and technology side, if you're working in that area of marketing, of understanding what the goals are and how everybody's going after those goals in a meaningful way so that you can turn that data into a story that will inform strategy, that will inform leadership, that will inform the business to make better decisions, which ultimately leads to your overall ability to make an impact. And knowing that your team has your back, that your leader has your back, and that you can come to the table asking the right questions and feeling comfortable asking those questions, that you can come to the table and challenge the status quo um, and push boundaries so that you can make a bigger difference. All of that is rooted in the strength of your internal partnerships within the organization. 
I always go back to this whole ability of having a smoother workflow and enhanced collaboration. And we should never have to fight to do our jobs. And that fighting to do our jobs really creates these brick walls that we run into and creates the frustration, which leads to the disengagement, right? So imagine what it would feel like to not have to fight, not have to fight to get the content that you need, not have to fight to get, um, you know, a seat at the table to understand what the company's growth goals are, not have to fight to have a conversation around, you know, who our client is, and really dig into what their needs and objectives are so that you can craft beautiful graphics that draw them in beyond just the messaging. That would be phenomenal, right? And I think a lot of marketers out there are saying, yes, yes, that's all I want. All I want is access to information. And that will create not just, you know, my ability to do my job, but excitement around how I do my job, because then I can let that creativity within me soar and create an impact. And that impact will create even more excitement and passion and create momentum to keep me going. I can tell you when I was working um, within the AEC industry, just the ability to create bios for our various professionals that were being included in proposals and pitches was such a struggle for such a long time. You know, fighting to get the information that we needed to understand what projects they worked on, um, what they were able to accomplish during that time, and really understand like how their bio was building and how it segmented across the the different specialties and industries that we were serving, understanding simply when they finished up a job or were in mid-flight of a job and a new project could be added to their resume in order to help make them a more powerful player within that proposal or pitch. And the collaboration across the teams was so uh, difficult when you talk to um, the different marketing teams that were building the initial resume, when you talk to HR um, who were already onboarding, you know, new professionals and had access to their professional resumes, um, or even finance who were billing out the projects and had the knowledge of what projects they were working on, what projects they had just finished, and their level of involvement with those projects was a definite, you know, wall when you hit them because they were interested in their goals and their need for certain aspirations within what they needed within their department. But working with them to create a more collaborative environment and getting them to understand that, look, the the information that you have is valuable, not just to me, but to the entire company, because we're going after new work, you know, and that new work creates rev- revenue stream and feeds all of us. So how can we work better together to create a system that is going to make these bios 
easier for us to enhance and make enticing to our clients to have these people as partners on their projects. Um, And where we ended up was such an amazing place, working with HR to get integrated into just the onboarding process. So when new folks came on board, we had an opportunity and a scheduled time to sit down with them and interview them and pull all of the information that we needed for their bios to be compelling to new clients. And those new employees were excited that we were looking towards their future and not just the project that they were hired for, right? And so they were very willing to tell those stories with us. And then that created a strength and partnership with those employees. So next time we needed to reach out to them, and have a conversation about how to update their bio for the next proposal or the next pitch, they were more than happy to pick up the phone and have that conversation with us because they knew we were laying a foundation that would help build their career longevity with the company. And it wouldn't just end at the project end that they were currently assigned to. We worked with the finance team to figure out ways where we could integrate into their databases so that we could streamline information to populate one to our uh, professionals' bios to understand and get triggered, hey, this person had a new project added to their site or their midstream within a project and we could probably get some good information on the challenges and obstacles that they're facing and how they've overcome those and how their role has shaken out on those projects and doing it in a way that doesn't disrupt the finances team's ability to meet their goals, but enhances our ability to keep that bio up to date and strong for the next story. Um, And then just working across marketing teams. I know a lot of these more service-based industries have multiple marketing teams. They have corporate marketing teams. They have brand marketing teams. They have sales enablement marketing teams. And all of these teams coming together to leverage their own partnerships with the various players that we need bios for um, and access to information and, you know, taking advantage of the times that they get to interact with these professionals and making sure that they work in the right questions, understand the different data points we're looking for, the different stories we're looking for. And integrating those into our own databases empowered us to have all this knowledge at our fingertips to really beef up our corporate bios. And they were much more compelling to a client than just a list of projects that they were on with dates and the role that they played. They actually had something substantial. They were up to date and we could pinpoint where there was a good story that we could tell and enhance the narrative within the technical proposals and uh, beyond just the resume. Right. And where are those case studies and where are those really cool stories and stats? So the power of those partnerships to create that smoother workflow and enhance that collaboration 
really not only affected our day-to-day to to where creating bios became less of a chore and a frustration and a last-minute trying to get a hold of somebody who's on a site and not paying attention to their email became less of a frustration, became less of a pressure point for us, while at the same time building relationships internally so that we had the power and the knowledge to really drive more revenue. So it it connected us in so many ways. Those types of successful partnerships leading to positive outcomes are just insurmountable when you start to add them up and you start to see the power that they hold in themselves. Now, as I'm talking about this, I'm sure there's a lot of you in your head having that thought of, oh my gosh, you know, I do not even want to think about dealing with, you know, insert name here um, from insert department name here because they are just really, really difficult. And, you know, having a relationship with them and getting information from them and working with them has always been a struggle. And I just don't want to invite that into my life. And the reality is, is there are all sorts of challenges when you're dealing with those difficult internal clients and colleagues. And those uh, difficult uh, folks are typically the ones who are contributing to that toxic environment. And that desire to move on, right? Because maybe you have to work with them in some capacity in order to deliver the work product that you're responsible for. I remember literally stalking out, you know, different members of people and standing in their doors for like 15, 20 minutes just to get the information I needed for proposals and pitches because they not only were difficult to deal with, but they were procrastinators and they functioned much better under pressure. So they would wait until the last minute to get me what I needed. And then I'd have to work through the night or the weekend to get it all cleaned up and into the documents I remember working with large teams on larger proposals where the members of the team were like crazy difficult and didn't like each other um, and had no problems, you know, saying that they didn't like each other and had to sit through some really tense and uncomfortable conference calls or uh, meetings in person where you're trying to get the information that you need to do your job well, but you could literally cut the tension in the room with a knife or someone explodes and slams their hands down on the table and storms out. Um, I know these are a little bit on the extreme side, but it happens. And some people are more passive aggressive and how they interact with each other. Some people are more outward. It really depends on the organization that you're in and the culture that you're in. But dealing with these difficult people really poses not only a challenge for you to get your work done and done well, but it adds to the stress and pressure on yourself and your mindset. So when you go to execute, your mindset is already not in a great place. And a lot of times because of these, you know, uh, internal political dramas, you don't get the information you need soon enough. So now you have the added layer of stress of time 
to get something out. Um, So your work product suffers, you suffer, and you really aren't moving forward. So like, how do you move past this? So there are typical strategies for effective communication and conflict resolution, and there's tons of information out there for you to tap into to kind of figure out how to navigate this. And at the time of being immersed in an environment like this, sometimes it's hard to pull yourself out long enough to think about how am I going to fix this? How am I going to approach this differently? I think the big thing is to not ignore it. Don't pretend it's not happening. Don't try to sweep it under the rug. You know, try to dig in and understand like what is the issue here and how am I going to be able to get what I need out of this situation while still tampering down the maybe interactivity of the partners who don't want to work together, right? Um, And bringing those parties together to have a conversation that's more moderated and less free form so that you can get your job done. And sometimes this means bringing in your leader to participate and help moderate. Sometimes it means bringing in their leader or someone that both parties or multiple parties respect and trust to help guide them. But being able to like acknowledge, hey, this is a problem and there's this conflict going on. Let's talk about what is happening here, why this dynamic is happening, and how we can create an environment where both parties are going to be willing to participate in the way that we need them to participate in order to get our job done. Not only are you bringing together your colleagues and peers and leaders on your side to build confidence in you that you were uh, able to step out of a comfort zone and speak up and say, hey, I need this to work better for me to do my job to benefit the company. Um, So you're building a partnership there, but you're also creating the support system and the respect and trust system that you need to better navigate dealing with those difficult clients and a way that is productive for you and sends a clear message to them that, hey, we're not just going to let this stuff like run rampant. We still need to operate as a business and get things done. And many times I've experienced firsthand that the leaders don't want to get involved, that they uh, try to push it back on you and maybe they're conflict adverse. Um, And Um, maybe they want to go have a separate conversation with them and then try again, putting yourself back in that situation. And this is where boundaries really come into play is like really protect yourself in this situation. If you're willing to partake and trying to take the steps to get these people to come together and to have a better conversation, um, by all means do that. But if it is going to really tip you over and your level of stress and uh, frustration to a point where it's not healthy for you, then make sure you clearly state that to your leaders of like, I am not in a headspace where this is going to be okay for me to participate in. So maybe it's a conversation that they have outside of you, um, even if it's recorded 
or they provide you notes afterward that you can use. But coming up with a solution that protects you and your emotional well-being while still moving forward in a way that really builds the support around you and how you navigate that situation. And really pay attention to how it all unfolds and all the information that you have. And I would encourage everyone, um, depending on the outcomes of these difficult situations and conflicts that come up, to like follow up after the proposal's out the door, after the pitch is out the door, after the campaign has ended, after the report out on those data and analytics happened, and you saw the difficult frustrations and the conflict coming up, to have almost a debriefing call with them and follow up and be like, hey, I just wanted to check in, see how you were feeling. I know things were a little stressful and I want to make sure that we're on the same page and that I can continue to provide uh, my services in a way that's meaningful. So let's talk about this and see how vulnerable they're willing to be, see how much they're willing to open up. Um, even if they just vent a little and um, show a little frustration, um, you now have started to create a bridge of trust with that person that could benefit you moving forward, especially if this is something that is on par or on course for their type of personality and how they interact in the workplace. Our My next podcast is really going to dig into this and finding a way to build rapport and find common ground in these challenging situations. So I really encourage you to listen to the upcoming one. You know, it's really important to build that trust with those difficult internal clients and understand that even though there are moments where it's feeling very toxic and you're feeling um, attacked or set aside and disrespected, taking the time to step back, have empathy, but also just understand that you might not understand their full picture and the pressures that are coming at them and what they are dealing with, even outside the workplace. You know, they could be having some challenging things going on at home in their personal life, um, in addition to the pressures at work or even past issues with partners that they're working with. Um, And I really encourage you guys, there is um, the Avenger Institute um, talks a lot about outward mindset um, in the workplace. And I've seen this work firsthand and it is phenomenal how going into different situations and thinking through how you interact with people and how you react to their negativity and difficultness um, when you're working with them, it really changes the game because you can really take the time to say, hey, I don't know X, Y, and Z, but I do know that these are the different things that they're up against and that these are their goals and that they're trying to achieve. Therefore, they might have an adverse reaction to what I'm asking of them and how I'm asking them to show up for me. 
And how am I going to help change that dialogue to bring it to a better place? What tactics can I use in order to bring that to a better place? Is it having a conversation that's, uh, you know, unrelated to the project to help set that foundation of why the partnership matters and how it can go a little bit better to work with uh, both of your needed outcomes? Um, But I encourage everyone to pick up that book, you know, read it um, and really like dig in and understand how those tactics and methods really can help find that common ground in those challenging situations and see each other as people, even if they are the most difficult person you've ever worked with and they frustrate you beyond, you know, words really having the ability to step back and recognize who they are, where they are in their journey, what's affecting their thoughts and emotions, and having some empathy and understanding that they're human too, and that you're both set out to try to get something can change your tone, change your uh, approach to working with them in a way that creates a much better dynamic an outcome when you're working with them. And this ties a lot to emotional intelligence as well. And I know, like, I feel like that's a a buzzword that is all the rage right now, but really what it's saying is you need to be in tune with your own emotions and your own triggers and what sets you off, what upsets you, what makes you frustrated in a way that you can help yourself move through those emotions a little bit more uh, healthily and productively for yourself, but also understanding those in others and understanding what their triggers are and where their stressors are and how they navigate that so that you can together you know, navigate it in a way that makes sense and understand when is time to back off, when is time to double down, when is time to have a side conversation and just level set and rebuild kind of that relationship and that trust that you're trying to create. So navigating difficult relationships is probably one of the most difficult things that I have had to deal with in my career. And I have had to experience a lot of it in different toxic environments. Um, some of which I decided to leave because I decided it was unhealthy and it was actually, um, a, I want to say semi-abusive work environment, Um, but others where I could understand why they were difficult in the way they were and identify strategies to build trust with them and rapport with them that started to break down those barriers and really started to create partnerships that were stronger than any of the partnerships I had ever had in the professional world and found that sometimes some of those folks who are your brick walls and are your barriers turn into your biggest advocates and cheerleaders along your career and can really make a difference in your career, you know, uh, trajectory. And it's all about figuring out how to navigate that relationship and flip the script and make it work for you. 
So again, I'm digging more into this and more strategies and the next uh, podcast. So I encourage you to, you know, stay tuned for that. Or if this is particularly a hot spot for you that you want to know more about. The next thing we're going to talk about is how positive environments, uh, work environments reduce the level of frustration and burnout. And I think this is somewhat obvious, you know, obviously better relationships and more positive cultures lead themselves to environments where you can manage your workflow better, you know, deal with obstacles more head on because you feel empowered and supported to do so. In those types of environments, you are not going to have as much frustration and have as much burnout because you have the support and trust in place in order to uh, avoid burnout and get to the point where you want to leave. And this all has a ripple effect, right? As you improve your relationships and you improve the dynamic of your teams, um, it is going to have a huge ripple effect across all of your uh, team dynamics uh, culture within your department, culture with your uh, regular internal clients and collaborators, because they're going to understand and see the power that you have and the influence that you have and driving these stronger partnerships. They're going to see how connected you are and how others are trusting you and having relationships with you where they might be struggling, Right. And having repetitive, positive results, working with these difficult clients um, or just, you know, cross collaborating across departments where they you've never worked before, that is going to go miles. And not only, you know, bringing others into the fold who are going to want to work with you and see the positive results of working with you. But they're also going to want to know how to make this happen. And you'll start finding other people's reaching out to you saying, like, how do you work with this person? How did you overcome this? How did you overcome that? And it really has that ripple effect across the team because now you can empower those around you to start embracing the same strategies you are. And, oh, of course, you know, part of this ripple effect is being able to produce work easier, better, more creative because you're in a better mindset, you know, not having that mundane morning feeling and actually being excited to go to work, being excited enough to like adopt a growth mindset and learn more and strive more, um, which all powers your ability to climb the ladder, but also makes it easier to stay in one place for a longer period of time, right? And the longer that you stay somewhere, the stronger those relationships become, the stronger your ability to make impact becomes, and the less of that cycle that you have to go through of becoming frustrated and feeling like you need to run to another job and then having to start over all over again. And guys, like I've done this a couple times in my past, and I can tell you it is so hard to ramp up again and, you know, start building those relationships from scratch again. And there's always difficult clients and difficult environments and difficult partners everywhere you go. It's just different faces, different names, you know, maybe a slightly different situation and a a different narrative, 
but you're going to come against these obstacles no matter where you go. So if you can find a way to create relationships in a way and partnerships in a way that let you thrive and have career longevity, it is gold because you can really make an impact. I think the seven qualities of leaders who embody this emotional intelligence ability that underpins the ability of having a healthy workplace really involves the ability to see people as people and have empathy and be understanding of the fact that everyone has their things and everything, everyone has their stressors. Understand that there's motivation and what what is motivating them, what is motivating them to have these conversations and these reactions. You know, your own self-awareness of when you need to like walk away, when you need to stop a conversation, when you need to engage in conversation um, to create a better work environment appreciating those around you um, and really appreciating the trust when people let you in and acknowledging that and appreciating your team members and your leaders when they have your back um, and, you know, making sure that you're really showing that this environment feeds your ability to grow both professionally and as a human being and will benefit everybody at the end of the day. And that self-regulation of like when you see your red flags, right? We all have them. We have red flags. Some of us are more aware than others, but seeing when they start happening so that you can get yourself out of a negative situation and do what you need to do to reset your mindset and take care of yourself and employ that self-care routine so that you can come back as a better you and show up as a better you every single time. And a lot of this is underpinned with just realism, right? Um, you know, that that's one of the things that I underpin my entire um, Find Your Surge company with is we can talk about these things all day long, um, but unless you talk about them in a realistic manner, they're not going to mean anything. And, you know, if you've worked in professional services for marketing or other marketing industries where um, this toxic culture or difficult people um, is a problem, you know what I'm talking about. Like everybody likes to sugarcoat it or be like, hey, you know, um, I love the people that I work with and I, you know, can't wait to do this with them and that with them because they're a top producer and I want to be at the table with leaders. Let's be real. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you feel like you need to, and you know, a lot of times you do need to in order to get your job done right, but it doesn't always mean the environment is the greatest. And that means that you have to be realistic and real with yourself on the situations that are occurring, as well as how you're showing up to those in order to properly construct the partnership and build the trust in the relationships so that you can move past those difficult situations. 
I approach it in a very systematic way because it helps my mind really move past like the being in the present moment and reacting in the present moment. But it really gives me the time to think through who are you? What is motivating you? What are your goals and objectives? How am I going to come to the table and show up for you in a way that makes you trust me and work with me better? And then how do I communicate that on a regular basis through our already set communications in a way that's going to help foster that and build that partnership? Um, And I'll link, I have a tool I use called an internal persona that I use to help me build that out in a more formal way. And there's something about writing it down and thinking through it when you're in a clear mind and you are not in a heated situation that arms you with that ability to kind of step back and see it from a bigger picture. So I'll make sure I provide a link to that for you guys um, so that you can download that and take a look at it and see if it works for you and if it helps you work better with some of those more difficult personalities. So we're all talking about thriving and um, an environment to create longevity and using partnerships and This ability to create this positive work environment um, really nurtures your growth and your ability to grow as a professional. You feel valued and you have a great mindset. You aren't necessarily going to be on the verge for burnout. And when you're not on the verge for burnout and you're not feeling frustrated, you all of a sudden become more passionate about your job. And you can rediscover and reignite the excitement that you had to get into marketing in the first place, right? And it is an exciting job. It's a creative job and it can be a lot of fun if you have the right people around you and you've taken the time to build those relationships. So the more that you do this, the more excitement and passion you're going to have about your job and realizing your potential becomes more of a reality and more achievable because you are motivated when you're happy and passionate you're motivated you're motivated to adopt that growth mindset to jump into learning activities so you can show up every day and you can really bring cool new innovative ideas and solutions to the table you're listening to podcasts you're jumping onto webinars to hear the latest trends you're talking to other colleagues and networking more and you're really soaking it all up and that positivity like fuels like advancement in your professional career it fuels the ability to make impact on your job and with the people around you which fuels and and strengthens those partnerships and creates long-term results for everyone which in turn makes it easier to stay in the same place for longer because those relationships have become stronger and tighter. The access to information is a lot easier to get. The collaboration becomes easier. The processes become easier and your impact 
like heightens. So longevity at a career actually becomes feasible. That knowledge sharing and skill enhancement is huge. And you really need to look at how you target your internal relationships and who you're targeting them with. I always say you can't, you can't do this for everyone all at once, right? Little steps, little bridges, you know, who's your most difficult client. Maybe you focus on them on the first because it's going to have the biggest impact on your day to day. So maybe you take them first and you work and you figure out how to approach them and how to create a smoother environment of working with them. Maybe it's someone who you um, don't necessarily have a difficult working relationship with, but you know has high impact on the company and has a lot of influence in the company and you actually want to work with them more and you want to bring them in as a trusted strategic partner Versus just someone that you work with projects on here and there. So maybe you focus on them and understand them and, you know, their motivators and goals more and who they are as a person and how you can create value so that you're working with them more often. You're getting more information out of them and you're creating higher impact for them in a way that provides you visibility upward, right? Um, And showcases to everyone around you that you're working with these top level producers and leaders um, in the organization. Therefore, maybe they want to work with you as well. And those relationships are underpinning a positive work environment that is easy to stay in and that you're not going to get in that cycle of fight or flight, right? I've seen this um, in one of my companies that I worked with of just how, you know, bringing leaders together had a ripple effect across all of the producers that I'm working with. So think, um, you know, brokers or bankers or uh, project managers who are also seller doers. Those are the people that I wanted to influence. However, I started at the top. And I brought all the leaders, the leader of the region, you know, the leader of operations, the leader of our financials, the leader of our HR, brought them all together so that we could achieve a common ground on, hey, where are we going? What are we trying to do? Where are each of our challenges and struggles? How can we work together and infuse our overall needs into all the areas? and and make it work better for us and have our teams work in a better way to support the producers in achieving all these things and communicating out what the goals were so that we can empower and enable our teams to learn and thrive and meet the company where it's at. And by doing that, we were able to bring all of our staff together across various, you know, departments in a way that was more meaningful, uh, created less disjointed practices and processes, identified strengths and admins who were rock stars at marketing or photography or creatives or other uh, admins who were amazing at the financial crunching of numbers and 
identifying better ways to streamline processes and create toolkits for folks to make it easier and leveraging everybody's best abilities. Not only were our teams happier and thriving because they were tapping into their true potential, but it created a partnership across the teams that resonated up to the producers in a way that they were getting better service, they were getting more creative solutions, they were getting higher quality output, which impacted their ability to service their clients and win new work in a whole new way, as well as changing their perspectives on how much they respected those that they worked with. Because now all they all of a sudden they were seeing everyone show up as their best self and not just going through the treasury of work, right? And that's how powerful, you know, partnerships can be and how you can leverage different types of partnerships to influence different outcomes and build new partnerships. And by doing that, you're creating an environment that shows you that value and that respect and that appreciation that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast that creates an environment that people want to stay in and that they're not looking for the first exit. They're not looking for a door and an opportunity to take a step out. I hope all of this resonated with you guys. We talked a lot. Um, I know like we're almost an hour in on just this segment, but I really feel like partnerships is something that really can change the game for you at work, especially if you're in that, you know, space of being frustrated and looking for somewhere to go to get out, you know, thriving in your environment together changes the game. It makes it so much easier for you to grow as a professional, to be excited about going to work, to not dread working with certain partners and to change the game and how you're able to create an impact across your organization and across partnerships that will make your, your ability to stay in a career for the long haul, a realization. Everyone think about this. Give me feedback ask me questions. Uh, Did this resonate with you? What are your challenges? Have you overcome environments like this and flipped, you know, a difficult client into your biggest advocate? Let's all learn and collaborate together and build each other up. We're here to empower each other, empower each other to bring our best selves and be our best selves and thrive in this world of marketing in a better way. And we can all learn from each other and empower each other so that we can realize our best self and find our search forward. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm really excited to bring these to you. If you haven't taken a peek, run over to findyoursurge.com and look at all the new and great tools that I have made available to you. We've got the Octo Planning System, a system that helps guide you through finding those things that are going to impact your growth and your passion and work those into your weekly and daily plans through focus 
and time blocking strategies. I've also included and started to build out a library of ready to customize templates that you can purchase and download and make work for you, you to start streamlining and gaining that extra time. Um, there is all sorts of great resources popping up here. You can also visit uh, a merchandise store that I have on Etsy at Find Your Surge and get inspirational hoodies and sweatshirts and notepads that will help inspire you and keep you on track. I'm so excited that you've joined us and I will continue to build a library that helps you succeed in this area. And I look forward to any feedback and comments that you have. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what ready to customize templates you want. And I am going to build the resources that you need to search forward. I'll see you next time.